Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That is my pen name that I use on my newsletter, LOL Sober. Today I wanted to talk about Better Call Saul, a TV show concluded last week. It was a series finale. For those who are unfamiliar, it's a spin-off series from Breaking Bad. If you're unfamiliar with Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, well, you should stop reading now and go watch both shows, and I'm worried that you've been living under a rock for 20 years. But hey, if you didn't see any either one of them, give them a shot. I bet you you'll like them. I wanted this to discuss Better Call Saul, even though it doesn't have much drugs and alcohol use in it. Uh, it's about a lawyer who helps drug cartels and drug makers, so there's a lot of drug stuff in there. Uh, but it's not about drug and alcohol addiction or recovery. So why am I talking about it, you might be wondering. Well, first of all, I love talking about great TV shows. I'm a big TV person. Uh, and Better Call Saul is in my top five shows ever made. So it's fun to talk about. I actually have it ahead of Breaking Bad on, on my power rankings. Uh, in case you really care about these things, my top five shows as of this writing are uh, number one, Succession, love Succession. Number two, Better Call Saul. Number three, The Sopranos, which I rewatched during COVID. Uh, number four is The Wire. And the, number five is Breaking Bad, but I change a number five show pretty much every day. Uh, so that's what it is. Succession, Better Call Saul, The Sopranos, The Wire, Breaking Bad. The second reason I want to talk about Better Call Saul, the real reason, is because there is serious addiction on display with serious consequences. It's just not substance abuse. It's, it's the hustle. It's the addiction. It's the lure of running a scam. And as we, the 12-step program that I started out in, we used a phrase uh, specific to this, and it was getting over. It was such a good way to describe <clears throat> what, what we tried to do. It was about getting high and getting drunk, but it was also about just running an incredible elaborate operation to keep our addictions going. And um, that played a, that was a significant chunk of my addiction. Was, it wasn't just doing the drugs and alcohol. It was getting them, covering them up, hiding them covering, you know, getting rid of the, the garbage, you know, cleaning up the puke and blah, blah, blah. But I won't get too deep uh, in the weeds with a synopsis of the show itself. I don't want to spoil anything for people, but I will say the lead character is Saul, uh, is a, he's a scam artist. You know, that's not even really his born name. He came up with that. Flashbacks on the show, they show him observing his dad running a small store when he was a little kid and he would sit there as a little boy and he would watch local con men pull one over on his dad repeatedly and you could see little Saul Goodman uh, vowing to never let that happen to him he would not be his dad he would actually become the people who tortured his dad and so he eventually became Saul Goodman not his real name um, it's all part of this big con that is him um, and the addiction part is that Saul runs scams. He's he, he runs the scam, then he shows some remorse. He tries to stop. He can't. He runs a scam again. Then he shows some remorse. He tries to stop. It, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, and if that sounds a lot like drinking and drugging, uh, yeah, me too. I, I feel that. I really identified with that part of things. I had a whole system of scams that I would run. Um, I would manipulate doctors to write me prescriptions 
Then I would pay cash uh, to, to pay the bill at the doctor's office um, so that there was less of a paper trail with my health insurance company. Uh, but I also, at the same time, I was seeing above board with everybody's knowledge, I was seeing a pain management doctor for, I have legitimate chronic pain issues involving my feet. So what I had was a steady stream of legal opiates that I was using, and everybody in my life knew about it. Anytime I overdid it, I would just say, oh, you know, those, the, the Vicodin that you know about is irritating my stomach a little bit. What was really irritating my stomach was the, the 50 Vicodin that I got, like, uh, doctor shopping, you know? And so it was just a, it's a mess. It's, it's similar to, like, if if a doctor told you it'd be a good idea to have a glass of wine every day and then you're, everyone in your life knows about it, but they don't know about the five bottles of wine that you drink in the bathroom and then hide the bottles at the gas station as you cover up the aftermath. And everybody else thinks, oh, he just, he had the one glass that his doctor told him he should drink. And ugh. the scam was exhausting. I had to drive all over the place to go to urgent care clinics doctor's offices, even some hospitals, then get over on them, then find pharmacies that I hadn't already gone to earlier that week. Um, and I ended up, I ended up being an expert on all the mom and pop pharmacies in the, in the entire New York, New Jersey, tri-state area. I just, uh, I had to spin all these plates without anybody ever connecting any of the dots that were just spread all spread out all over the place, right in front of people's faces. And it just, uh, oh, man. As we saw on Better Call Saul, um, I knew everything was going to come crashing down somehow, some way. I just knew it was going to happen. And and on the TV show, Saul, Saul did too. At various points, he managed to keep it going way longer than you'd expect, constantly escaping either the cartels or police or people in his life uh, that he didn't want to know. He, he managed to keep it going. And so did I, you know, but eventually I sought help. I just, I thought it was going to come crashing down. And so I sought help and I got sober and then I ran into the hole in the donut problem. And if you're unfamiliar with that phrase, hole in the donut, um, that phrase, it pops up in recovery literature and at meetings sometimes. And it's usually in reference to building a relationship with a higher power and turning things over from your life to the universe, to God, whatever your higher power is. Um, and people say, oh, I don't want to become the hole in the donut. Oh, man, just this empty vessel. Um, but in a general sense, it, the hole in the donut, it's the, it's the idea of wrestling with, for me, it's the idea of wrestling with giving up the old lifestyle. The drugs and alcohol, obviously, but also all the other bad behaviors that pop up, like lying, stealing, working people over, all that stuff, getting your way, getting away with things, doing something bad every day. Sometimes I just, I still have this feeling like I should, I should do something bad today. What could I do that's bad? This is boring. What can I do that is just makes, gives me that little rush? Um, still happens, you know? And so, you know, being the hole in a donut, you know, it's that fear of what if, what, what am I replacing it with? Spiritual stuff? Who wants that? You know, it's, it can be a wrestling match. And it was hard early on. I found myself with 30 days sober, but I would still be able to just blurt out lies without even thinking about it. You know, I was still broke, no money. So I would use my corporate card sometimes for stuff that I shouldn't have been using my corporate card for. I knew it was wrong. 
I was still doing it, even though I wasn't drunk. And when collection agencies would call for overdue bills, I had a lot of collection agencies on my ass. I would bullshit them on the phone about having mailed a check already, and then I would hang up and try to cover it up. And I ultimately realized that I had I had to change everything, not just abstinence from mood-altering substance. If I didn't change everything, it wasn't going to work. And I quickly felt much more spiritual, but also, honestly, a little bored. You know, I was working hard in my life, my professional life. I was busting my ass as a dad and as a husband. I was getting to a lot of meetings. It wasn't it wasn't that I didn't have stuff to do. If, in fact, every minute of every day was accounted for, but I didn't feel the same juice without all the hustle, you know? And I know that sounds terrible, but it's the truth. The mayhem, what, I mean, it was mayhem. You know, that's not good. Mayhem is not good. Um, and it might have been unmanageable. It might have been out of control and illegal. But I'll tell you this, it was never boring. I felt a rush, constant adrenaline, constant dopamine. My brain was constantly trying to catch a, throw a bag of knives up in the air and then try to catch it. And it was wild. And that's, I saw that in Better Call Saul. He just, Saul couldn't resist. He just kept getting sucked into con after con after con. And it was bad for him and he knew it, but he, but he couldn't not do it, you know? And I won't spoil the ending of the show, but I will say, it is not a fairy tale wrap up to the show, and there's no there's real pain handed out um, as punishment, and rightly so. And in that way, it was an oddly satisfying but also bitter way for the show to walk off into the sunset. But I enjoyed every second of it. I'm so glad it it didn't end that way for me. You know, there's a version of my sobriety where I stopped drinking and drugging, but was still constantly trying to run a game on the world and ended up in jail myself. You know, if I had to guess, um, you know, the ending to my story would have been closer to Better Call Saul um, if that continued than, than what it has been. You know, so my, over, my overall grade for Better Call Saul is an A. I absolutely loved it. I found it to be an all-time great show with an all-time great scam artist and, you know, a junkie <laughs> at the center of it. So thank you for letting me share.